Looking to be more nomadic and less traditional? You're in the right place. Broadcasting from Kenmore, Alberta, welcome to the Mountain Life Podcast. The stories of life, work, and play in the Bow Valley. Recorded in the E equals MC squared co-workplace with your host, Jason Beckdash. Hi, everybody. Jason Beckdash here from the Mountain Life Podcast. Just a heads up. Today, I interview Jade Ainsley. She's the owner of the Project A Pop-Up Gallery. She's born and raised in Canmore, one of the few that I got to interview in this first season of the Mountain Life podcast. And uh, we actually got to hang out in her space. If you haven't checked it out, it's right on Main Street. Make sure you check it out. So why should you check out this particular episode? Well, if you are creative or if you're artistic or a maker in one way or another, uh, this episode is definitely for you. Jade's going to take you through how her brief stint in education in Eastern Canada brought her back home to open up her first pop-up store slash gallery stash slash <laughs> space of goodness. You're not going to want to miss this episode. You were born and raised in Camor. Yes. And how many generations? Were you first generation in Camor? Yeah, so first generation. So my my dad is from uh, Vancouver Island. My mom is from Northern Ontario. And they both moved here in the 80s and uh, fell in love with it like most people do and then stayed forever. Cool. <laughs> and what were they – were they – did they fall in love with Camor because of – um, some sort of like athletic pursuit or was it more just like love the environment, love the mountains and so on? Well, I think, um, I think for them it was a lot of, I mean, they're both, they were both pretty athletic people when they were younger. So I think that, um, that was definitely part of it. Um, but I think it was also like the community feel cause Banff and Canmar were still both very small and so everyone was kind of on the same page as far as um trying to make like a really cool community yeah so yeah and then uh and then you've obviously well we were talking about this a little bit before but you've seen canmore well and banff in this area really change yes um so like for you growing up here well I mean, first of all, what was it like growing up here? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, do you sort of look at your childhood fondly or do you wish you grew up in a bigger (laughs) city? Uh, I think think everyone wishes for something that they don't have. So, um, I mean, I've learned to appreciate it more as I've gotten older. But, um, I mean, growing up here obviously was amazing for – you know, just the fact of growing up somewhere so beautiful, right? And having access to nature all the time, which a lot of people don't have when they grow up in bigger cities. Um, The high school is nice and small. You get to know everyone. Like it was a very social atmosphere um, growing up here. Um, I mean, the downside being, I guess, that there's not as many resources available to you. But I think that Canmore has been slowly kind of building that up and there's a lot more available now even than 10 years ago when I was in high school so it only gets better um but yeah it was it was a great childhood um but I also uh wanted to live in other places and experience kind of what the different what the different options were cool yeah well it's interesting because uh you know some of some of the other uh podcasts that we've done uh, we've done it with individuals who have moved here mm-hmm. and some in, some people who are thinking about raising a family here. We've been really curious about the question of, you know, like how does raising a family or how does growing up here like really sort of differ or impact the individual? Um, is Are you more weird because of it? Like how are you different? Uh, yeah, do well, think? I don't know. It, I think that, I think that um, a lot of um, 
young people that have grown up in Canmore are um, kind of, well, I don't know. I see people that I went to high school with doing all sorts of crazy, cool things. Um, so I think that it's kind of, I think that growing up in this community where it's kind of built out of people from all over the place um, has kind of allowed us to think like, oh, I can go do whatever I want. So, um, I mean... I have um, friends that are, you know, professional hula hoopers. I have friends that are scientists. I have friends that are, um, you know, on track to be Olympic athletes or already are. Like, it's just so, it's so different. Um, for me, I definitely um, was always an artist from the start growing up. Um, as a kid, I would, you know, dabble in all sorts of creative things. Um, and I see, like, a lot of people that, grew up here are the same as me um, and I think that Camor gives off the impression of being a very open community to the arts. Um, music, we have lots of amazing talented musicians, the folk festival, that kind of thing, but also um, you know our mayor is a potter so yeah. <laughs> it, you know it's a pretty welcoming community for artists and I think that growing up here definitely gives you the freedom to be creative like that. There's not so much pressure to you know, find a career that will make you money. You can kind of pursue what makes you happy here. So totally. I've noticed that since I've moved here mm -hmm. too, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think there's something about being in this environment that allows you to sort of um, open up your mind and do your best work. Yeah. Yes, um, definitely. You know, that was one of my reasons, my personal reasons for moving here. Yeah. Okay. So you grow up here mm -hmm. and you decided to move. Um, so what, what did that journey look like? Where did you move and yeah, um, what were you thinking? Well, I mean, also influenced by my childhood here, I picked a post-secondary, um, institute that was, um, very small and built the same as Canmore's high school for the most part. Um, so I found this tiny little art school in New Brunswick. Um, my family has lots of, um, family and friends out east, so, um, that, that kind of helped me make the decision to move out there. Um, but yeah, like I, I chose a school that reflected um, a small community vibe. Cool. Um, so when I, when I moved out there, I was pleasantly surprised that um, Fredericton was, you know, bigger than Canmore, but still had the same kind of feeling to it. Um, again, very, very creative city. Um, maybe not so many Olympic athletes, but sure. definitely, but definitely, um, you know, a lot of things going on for it. Um, so yeah, I, I loved it out there. Um, and I would have, you know, I kind of thought about staying out East for a long time. Um, but I don't know, something was calling me back out West, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What did you, so what did, what did you specialize in? Like, what did you Yeah, um, so my, my school uh, was called the New Brunswick College of Craft and Design. Okay. And I um, thought that I was moving there to be a photographer, also influenced by Canmore, um, John Marriott and all the amazing wildlife photographers out here. For sure. Um, so I thought I was going to be a photographer and then I um, tried jewelry and I fell in love with it. So I went to school to become a goldsmith. Um, and after that, uh, they offered a really um, self-directed business program, which is where I kind of came up with um, the idea of Project A, my current business. Oh, right mm -hmm. on. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. So there was a little bit of an application too, which you got to sort of see, okay, 
not only doing the craft, but how do you actually create a lifestyle out of it and a, yes. and a business out of it? Yes, yes. And I mean, normally the focus would be um, how to sell your own artwork, but I um, kind of fell in love with um, selling other people's artwork and promoting other people that are, you know, pursuing their passions. So cool. I'm pumped to get into that. Yes. <laughs> um, before before we do though, mm-hmm. so you, you decided to come back to Canmore. Yeah. And how was how was the transition for you? Was it um, I mean, because this is home, was it like easy to kind of get back into things or did you see, you know, yourself change somewhat and that made things a little bit uh, different? Yeah. Um, well, so after New Brunswick, I ended up in Toronto for a couple of years. And I think that um, because I moved directly from Toronto back to Canmore, it was a little bit of a culture shock, I guess, just because it's, you know, complete opposite worlds. Um, but otherwise, like completely smooth transition. My biggest problem is I'm, you know, I <laughs> I can't remember everyone that I used to know here because I was away for so long. So it's, but it's so nice to see so many familiar faces again. And it's, Um, I mean, it's always an adjustment getting used to, um, going somewhere on a daily basis and always running into someone that, you know, so, (laughs) so that, so that was kind of like, that was kind of the biggest like shock was like, oh my goodness, I really know everyone here. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of comforting too. So it's, yeah, it's nice to be back. And like the support that I've received for opening a business here is just incredible. Like the people here really want to see, um, Canmore kids, do well like they really are excited to see businesses opening up that are run by you know people that have grown up here so totally mm-hmm. um how has things changed externally like did you notice a big change in the community um other than yeah. <laughs> not running into people you knew yeah but... yeah no um it's yeah it's changed a lot um i i don't think that it's mostly for the bad i think that it's i think that they're good changes That's good. um you know, the world is in constant progress, so you can't expect your town to always stay the same. Um, there's definitely things that, um, you know, I miss about the old Canmore, but there's also things that I really appreciate about new Canmore. Um, it's It's got a lot more to offer to people now, um, and the businesses that are popping up are amazing. Um, you know, the the community has so has so many more options but with that comes you know the extra traffic and the parking issues and all that but i i think overall it's positive changes sweet yeah right on uh so i mean because we're using the magic of audio not everybody can see the space that we're in but (laughs) um this is a really really beautiful and, and inspiring space so we're in the project a space um, which is your new gallery slash mm. shop, right? Is that yes. a good way of describing yeah, perfect. it? Perfect. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, you've got a, and you've got quite a bit of space here too. So you've got an upstairs and a downstairs. But uh, I know that um, when I had walked in here probably about a month ago or or um, three weeks ago, uh, just a lot of the a lot of the um, artists that you've decided to showcase mm-hmm. was stuff that. I've seen before and I've really loved, mm-hmm. but I've never seen it all in one place. Yes. And I think that's the magic about what um, what you're trying to do here, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, you'll do a better job of describing um, sort of what your vision is for this mm-hmm. space and what your vision is for this business. So, um, so what, I mean, what is Project A? Yeah, um, so Project A came from a... Um, a time uh, when I was finishing college and I was seeing a lot of people that were very, very talented, um, basically having to resort to getting 
other jobs and not pursuing what they had just spent, you know, four years educating themselves on. Um, and primarily because um, it's it's tough to it's tough to connect with galleries. It's tough to it's tough to know um, what sells. It's tough to have the confidence to think that your products will sell. Um, and I think that because I went through the same process of going to art school, I think that I can really relate to that. Um, so Project A is a space for emerging artists that are just starting their careers, or some of them are even still students. Um, some of them are pursuing masters. Some of them have just started their business, um, and some of them are some of them are stay-at-home moms and hobby artists that um, are just really talented. So um, those people that not necessarily um, that they are beginners, but they they need a chance, right? Um, and Canmore and Banff are a great place to have that chance because mm -hmm. we have so many people from all over the world that come through here. Um, and it's a great way for them to get feedback about their products, but it's also a great way to educate um, the public about um, fine craft and buying handmade items um, for your everyday life that are functional. It's not, it's not only art, but it's functional and you can really enjoy using it every day. The Mountain Life Podcast with Jason Beckdash. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. Just a quick message. This podcast is brought to you by E equals MC squared. Now, did you know that Canmore has a co-working space? So what that means is that you can come in and you can focus on getting your work done. E equals MC squared has meeting rooms available. It has high-speed internet, access to a printer. And I think the greatest part about it is you get to rub shoulders with like-minded people. So if you're working from home in Canmore, or maybe you're just coming through the Bow Valley and need a place to focus, I would recommend you check out E equals MC squared. Thanks. And we'll go back to the podcast. Back to the show, the Mountain Life Podcast with Jason Beckdash. What you're doing here is it's almost perfect timing, right? Uh, well, it is perfect timing because I think, you know, we're all sort of, especially in the first world, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, we're all sort of really used to like mass produced consumer goods. Totally. Uh, and I think, you know, we're sort of looking for things um, to sort of express like our own sort of uniqueness, yes. right? Yeah. And uh, and I think artists and I think um, uh, uh, you know people who who craft mm -hmm. and makers. Yeah. I think they can be a really good channel for that. You know, they can. Yeah, exactly. You can. You know, I always think that everything in my shop is so personal to pick out, and it's so interesting to watch people come in and shop because they are, you know, for once. For once, it's not just, um, oh, I like the color blue, so I'm going to buy blue mugs. But they actually go through each individual mug and they pick out the one that is perfect for them. And that to me is like so interesting because people don't react that same way to mass produced items. You know, you don't you don't walk into Walmart and you go through all the different mugs and you pick the perfect one because they're all just the same and there's not there's no personality to it. Um, so, yeah, like that's. That's totally what I'm aiming for is, you know, to create a place where people can come and find something that makes them feel unique. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's and it makes you feel good buying something that's made where you come from 
or or wherever you're visiting. Like it's just it's such a good feeling. Like people always leave with a smile when they buy things that are handmade. Always. Because it's not just a purchase. They know that they're supporting someone else as well. So Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Um, okay. I just, I want to make sure that I don't get into the weeds on this, but, um, so, so for the artists, like I, I understand the proposition, right? I think it's, um, uh, for the artists and the makers, I should say, yes, uh, because it's not just art, but, um, you know, for, for me as a, I, I suspect if I was an artist, I think the thing that I really want to focus on is my craft, right? Yep. And getting better at my craft. Yep. And, yep. The thing that allows me to sort of continue that is I would have to find some way to sort of create some revenue out of exactly. what I'm making, right? Yeah. And I think, and I, I guess, is that the proposition that you make to... Yeah, to pretty much. Um, I mean, I my goal um, as the gallery is only for emerging artists, my goal is to build all of my um, makers up to the point where they don't, you know, they don't need me anymore. And hopefully they get picked up by some other amazing businesses that will continue to carry their work for decades. Um, But I, I'm always looking for the new person. I'm always looking for that. Um, And those are the people that like you're saying need that revenue. Yeah. Um, A lot of, and a lot of artists, they don't, they don't want to sell their own stuff. It's awkward. I don't like selling my own stuff. (laughs) Um, I, it's just, it's a totally different feeling. Like um, I have artists that'll come in and visit the shop and they'll talk to customers. They won't even tell the customer that they're the person that made the object because they just, they, they want to hear what the person says um, without being worried about being offended or anything like that. So right. um, there's definitely a lot of my artists that also do markets and that kind of thing. And they really love interacting with the public, but then some of my artists hate it and they can't, they don't want to sell their stuff. They want someone else to sell it okay. and do it for them. So, <laughs> but they still need the money. <laughs> so yeah, it's all about, it's all about finding the right venue, I guess, for yeah your, your own artwork. So, and then Jade, is there like a, well, I don't know. This is probably a difficult question to ask, but or to answer, <laughs> okay. but I'm going to ask it anyways. But do you have like a certain, you know, aesthetic? I don't, you know, like when I come yeah. in here, like I think I, I get like a a feeling of continuity. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so I get a little bit of of a vibe in here, mm-hmm. but um, maybe talk about that a little bit. Well, there's there's a fine line, um, and all shops deal with this. I think there's a fine line between following trends and finding products that um, are timeless. Um, so for me, I try I try to lean towards the things that um, you know you're still gonna love ten years from now, and it's not gonna go out of style. That being said, there's definitely things that I love selling that are you know trendy per se. Um, but my aesthetic is primarily, I would say modern with a little bit of funkiness. Um, I, I go for, I go for bright colors, but I also go for minimal shapes. Mm-hmm. Um, my clothing line is like prime example of that. Like it's so minimal, you'll never get tired of it. Um, but then, yeah, there's things, there's things like macrame is back in and I carry that. So yeah, it's a, it's a different, uh, you have to evaluate everything individually, I guess, is what I'm getting at. But yeah. I tend to go for things that are going to last your whole lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And look, okay, so, uh, so how long has Project A been? Yeah, so uh, we opened um, Project A opened June first. Okay. Um, 2017. Yeah. 2017. Yeah, we're brand new. Um, and uh, you know, when I was looking for a space, there was only three open retail spaces on okay. Main Street. Uh, it was very limited choices, and um, 
landlords for good reason are very hesitant about short-term leases. Um, but I managed to um, meet up with my current landlord and she was just so supportive of my idea. Um, so we ended up signing on for a four month lease. Um, so we are officially open until the end of September. Um, but we may be open longer. Um, but that's kind of coming, that's in the works right now. So <laughs> we cool. should, yeah, we'll know soon. <laughs> cool. Um, but we'd like to say, we'd like to stay permanently. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And what, what sort of, um, I guess, dreams and aspirations do you have for Project A? Like, Yeah, so many, so many, especially yeah. in this space. Like there's so much room to grow and there's so much, um, there's so much available in this space. Like you can do so many different totally. things. So um, if, if we end up staying, there will be, you know, workshops, events. Um, I'd like to do as a, because I started as a pop-up, I'd like to also have um, vendors and makers um, come pop up in my space and kind of create a community where, um, you know, it's almost, it's almost like a mini market um, every weekend with different people, um, different businesses, different products. Um, live painting, whatever, whatever the artists want to do, right? Like I'm so, I'm so open to any ideas that my artists have for me and I'm always looking for new people. So um, there's lots of changes, but definitely um, right now we have about 50 artists, um, but definitely doubling that number at least. So cool. um, yeah, big plans if we end up staying for sure. Oh, that's mm -hmm. so good. Mm -hmm. um, are you still making jewelry? Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay. I'm not. Um, I, you know, I, I had to make some tough decisions. Um, I primarily what it came down to is I didn't have time to do both. Yeah. Um, I love both equally. So uh, eventually I'll definitely be making my jewelry again. But um, I think my real passion is, um, like I said, in helping other artists. So um, to me, that is more rewarding um, than making jewelry, but the making, making jewelry is, um, my, you know, outlet. So I, I'd like to do both eventually, but cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good segue. So, uh, I mean, right now, obviously you're really busy with the space and mm -hmm. with your new business. Mm -hmm. Uh, but when you're not here, what are the sort of things that you, are you doing? Okay. Well, it depends if it's summer <laughs> or winter. Sure. Um, in, in the summer, there is nothing that I would um, love more than to just go swimming every day. So okay. <laughs> that's kind of my thing. Um, I love, um, I, I do, I do love camping and you know, the outdoors is part of my childhood here. Um, and it's definitely never left me. It was one of the things that I really missed when I was in Toronto. Was, okay. Yeah. Being able to go outside and do stuff, um, free stuff, you know, not things that cost $50 or a hundred dollars. Um, so I, I'm definitely, um, a camper in the summer. There's so many great spots to go. Um, in the winter though, I'm a skier. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I shipped my skis out to New Brunswick with me when I moved out there and I went to their hill once and that was it. I couldn't even handle oh, it. No. Well, you know, I think if you grow up in the mountains, Huge you're a little bit of a experience. ski snob, I guess. So sure. <laughs> you have high standards for the ski hills. So, yeah. Um, so I'm really happy that I'm back now and that I can enjoy that in the winter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, mo like, the outdoors is, is a huge part of life here. You know, I get, um, I sometimes get visitors that ask me um, what to do at night here. Um, and, oh, you good know, question. Yeah. And, you know, other than like, other than like a few events and a few, sure. 
sure. and a couple bars. But if you're not a bar person, what do you do? Right. Um, but, you know, everyone goes to bed early here because they get up and they spend their whole day outside and they're doing, you know, they're hiking, they're, they're mountain biking, they're doing whatever, right? Yeah. Um, so Canmore is like a pretty quiet town at night. Mm-hmm. We might not like to think so, but I think we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but definitely... Definitely outdoors for me. <laughs> so yeah. when people ask what's there to do at night, you're like, go to bed early. Yeah, so it's really <laughs> it's really hard. And I've actually like I you know I feel so bad. I've tried to I've I've tried my best to find answers, but you know on a Tuesday night there's you know there's not always a lot going on. Sometimes yeah. we have trivia nights at some of the venues, or sometimes if we're lucky, Arts Place has something really cool going on, and they always have cool stuff, but not every yeah. night. So <laughs> yeah, I yeah, think it's tricky. <laughs> I think that's been you know like a, a little bit of a shift for me because. You know, I'm uh, I'm not the most athletic person. Like, I like mm. doing stuff well, outside. Well, neither am I. Don't worry. <laughs> you know? Um, I'm always so careful. When people ask me here, it's like, well, what kind of stuff do you do? I'm like, nothing. No, I'm, I'm like, everybody's so... <laughs> not an athlete by any means, but I do. <laughs> but I can ski. <laughs> but you know, um, you know, like, so, you know, like, if you grew up in a, in, you know, I mean, not that Edmonton is that big, but somewhat of a larger city, you're sort of used mm-hmm. to things happening every night. You can yep. go to restaurants and so on. Yep, definitely. Um, and here, I mean, there's a good, good, really good restaurant scene as well. So many. Yeah. So um, many. But yeah, like it's, it is after, a shift, after right? After 10 p.m., it's kind of like, okay. Yeah. You know, go to bed. But that's okay, though. Like, I think it's a, I think Camor promotes a really healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of part of it. And I think that the visitors, you know, um, and a lot of the businesses are accommodating to that. Like, I think a lot of people are trying to stay open later now and, you know, give, give people something to do. Um, but yeah, it's part, it's part of the lifestyle here. People, people get up in the morning and they go hiking or climbing or something totally like they're not they're not sleeping in yeah so <laughs> partying all night yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, i i sleep in but <laughs> well, yeah it's yeah i mean there's such a shift too i mean there's a little bit more of a nightlife i think in banff you know and oh yeah for sure for um, sure but you banff, get a lot of the stags yeah. and you get a lot of the yeah banff is like the younger like well camera you know camera still has its party scene for sure but yeah but banff is definitely the the place to the place to be if you want to like have a wild night so for sure <laughs> yeah um and so swimming outside? Yeah, the quarry is like gonna be oh, one of my favorite places. The quarry, yeah. It's got it's so beautiful. Um but then but then again, like you're you know, you're such a close drive to so many other places, right? Like Yeah. Um any other not, favorite spots? Um in Canmore, I have um I haven't like re explored them since I've been back because okay. I've been a little busy this summer. But sure. um oh my goodness, there is there is a couple places that I've been meaning to check out. Um one particular like on the way to Lake Louise has oh, there's a little secret hiding spot, oh, but okay. I but I don't know how to get to it. So you'll have to Okay. <laughs> you'll, if you're interested, you'll have to ask around, I guess. But um definitely like the quarry is like gotta be some of the best swimming water that I've been in like it's just it's incredible i love it yeah i, I remember the first time i i went there i'm like how there's like a little beach here and yeah. there's like a little like yeah. i mean you feel oh, like you've nice, got a little got yeah the, they have the kids section and then you know you can yeah all the teenagers hang out and jump off the cliffs all day and that kind of thing but <laughs> totally it's um it's something that you miss like you know i'm i'm a lake person i'm not an ocean person yeah. i i like fresh water um and it's again something that I missed um, when I was in Toronto because, like, I mean, you can't really swim in Lake Ontario, no. so <laughs> it's not very it's not very clean. There's a lot of cottage country around Toronto, but in Toronto, there's not much available. So um, I miss that like so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're running out of time here, but. I- um, I thought maybe a good thing to do before we sign off was, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, for anybody who, who any, anybody who's maybe an emerging artist who's, yeah. um, you know, sort of interested in what you're doing with Project mm-hmm. A, like any, any advice for them, any sort of, you know, should they connect with you? Like, what's, what's your perspective? I'm always, I'm always looking for new people. Um, I, I don't put a limit on how many artists I can support. Um, cause I think there's always room to find different ways to support them. Um, even if the store's full, there's always different things that we can cool. do. Um, that being said, like my advice, I guess, would be um, to just be brave and come in and introduce yourself to whatever gallery you're interested in. Um, but also be mindful, you know, come in on a come in on a Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday kind of thing. Sure. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, but like as long as as long as you think that your work is good and you have the confidence to approach people, then I think that I think that you'll be very successful. Um, it's just kind of getting past that step. As soon as you sell, um, as soon as you sell your first item as an artist, it's like it opens up like this whole world for you because until that point, you weren't sure if people liked it enough to spend money on it. Totally. Um, but yeah, it's it's got to be it's got to be one of the most thrilling things to go through so just make that first step and then when you get your when you get your work in a gallery or a store somewhere you'll be thrilled when you sell your first thing yeah (laughs) yes uh okay and then and then how do people find you if they want to connect with you and want to learn more about yeah um i am on we're working on a website but i am on facebook as project day pop-up i am on instagram as project day pop-up um i have emails but the best way is just to come in to my shop at 709 main street and say hi and yeah talk in person Thanks so much for listening to the Mountain Life Podcast with Jason Bekdash. Don't forget to rate and review this episode if you enjoyed the show. And you can find more great content online at themountainlifepodcast.com. We'll catch you next time.